Looking for something different this Thanksgiving? Take your family to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Just minutes from I-95 with free admission and parking. This is the perfect holiday outing for families of every size. You'll love the flight and tank simulators, 300-degree theater, and interactive training center. And you'll come face-to-face with rare and never-before-seen artifacts from Army history. It's all at the National Army Museum, with shopping and dining, too. Open on Thanksgiving Day and all weekend long. Plan your visit at usarmymuseum.org. Hello everybody, welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos, bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. My Princess Nemo Fu, Pee Wee, that beautiful infant child's laugh is just awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. I have some very important information I finally found it I finally have a name to something that I've been searching searching and trying to find out about this situation for quite a few years A lot of you probably wonder what I'm talking about. Uh, what's what's going on, Joe? What are you talking about? Now, before I go and reveal what I'm talking to, what I'm trying to uh, talk to you about is what I'm trying to explain anyway. Is the last few pod- podcasts. Uh, I've been searching up on some of the the struggles and the symptoms and the struggles I've been having in the past since I was a child growing up. And a lot of you heard of that story and a lot of you remember me talking about that. I mentioned that also on Connecting the Dots, my other Bible study podcast when I first started doing podcasts over a little bit over here now. I talked about my struggles and my mental battles somewhat on connecting the dots. And I really get exposed so much of myself, opened up about myself because I thought that was fair to my fans and about my struggle as a child growing up. Some of you probably remember, if you are new to this, you know, this is something that I, uh, you have to research back on my, uh, my podcast or my previous shows. And you have to search it. I don't remember what number it was. Well, anyway, I'm getting into this series. Uh, I might even make it a book, a little short booklet. That's something I've been thinking about. A little short booklet about... It's about me. It's about my life growing up. and uh, But it's about 
the struggles that I had growing up and how all how within the last year or so and even to, until today uh, I have discovered with my own self-diagnosis and a, and a few tests and a few quizzes and a few stuff like that I haven't talked to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or nothing like that to get a confirmed diagnosis but I have no I, no doubt with the quizzes and the research, research that I have done that I do suffer with the symptoms of autism I kind of figured that out uh, years ago, you know, over a year ago, you know, when I started, you know, looking at certain movements and reactions and the way certain people with autism act. Now, I know you have some people with extreme autism, they can't control their body and they have different uh, gestures that they do, which they call stemming. I just found out what that word means, stemming is certain gestures and certain things that a lot of people, men and women, uh, do with their hands, mainly their hands, but there is other parts that might be rocking or eye blinking or something or scratching or women twirling up their hair or, you know, men's pacing or whatever like that. It's called stemming. It's kind of like a... uh, something to slow down your anxiety or your stress or whatever like that. Now, all this stuff I discovered within the last few days because I've been trying to research and I've I've been saying to myself over the last few years since I've been doing my podcast, I've been trying to discover what was my issue? Why did I why did I have such a mental struggle when I was a child? I used to try to get into the why it's happening, but I, I kind of laid laid off that a little bit. Now is what, what the symptoms are. You know, why did I struggle mentally so much with these kind of things that I see that's happening with a lot of autism kids, kids with autism. And uh, and that made me just want to discover it more and different things like that uh, for myself. And I, it was just something was empty in me because I wanted to find out why did I struggle growing up so much with that. But I never had a name and no one in my family you know, knew nothing about that. So I wasn't expecting too much from them on that. And I'm not... I'm not saying anything bad to them about that because that's not for them to do. But when I was growing up, the battle and the struggle that I went through uh, with my mental mental struggles, I never had a name for it. I couldn't put the name with the disorder. Yeah, let me just put it that way. I, I, I never had a name with the disorder until recently. Thank God until recently, I don't have to try to guess no more what was wrong with me or what is wrong with me. Okay. Now, what I'm going to start talking about in the next few podcasts is almost like a storybook of my life growing up. Now, what I'm going to be exposing to a lot of my listeners might be surprised. It might be shocking. But I'm going to tell you this. It's not shocking to the ones that I grew up with. 
especially my family or friends I used to hang around. The All of them, the majority of them know what I went through or they seen me do certain things, you know. And uh, so it would not be a shock or surprise to them. But to my new listeners or somebody who just uh, started listening to my podcast, they might be wondering or they might be shocked or surprised about uh, my condition. Now, like I said, it hasn't been confirmed by a psychiatrist. But to me, it does not have to be confirmed. And I will I will talk to a psychologist and stuff like that, you know. But it's nothing that I'm going to say any different than what I have uh, exposed or what I have put on the quizzes and the, the autism tests. The autism test. You could take an autism quiz test or whatever like that if you want to find out what's the certain traits and what's the certain symptoms and stuff like that, you know. So I've done several of them. And they ask the same questions, but basically sometimes in a different way they may ask the question. Uh, you know, and I give them basically the same answer. Why? Because the questions that they ask is basically what I already have been through. The majority of them, I have experienced it. So I already, in a sense, have passed the test of proving that I, I, did, I have the systems, or they were, like they call it the spectrum, since I haven't been confirmed uh, by a, a psychologist. They call it spectrum. I guess it's something like the symptoms uh, of autism. It's not early stages because this is I've been struggling with this battle in my mind, in my head, ever since I was little. Ever since I was little, okay? Many few know about it, mainly my family and form of family and friends and people I grew up with. They knew about it because they seen me do it. They did not understand it, you know, because I didn't even understand what it was. I just was wondering what was wrong with me. Uh, why did I do those things? And I felt that I was somewhat retarded. Or any, or something like that, you know. When I was growing up, now you might be wondering why do you why are you talking about this, Joe? The reason being is I wanna this that my story can help others. My story can help others that struggle with these same mental problems, and I know it can because when I look at the reviews, because I check out a lot of reviews, I see that it's hundreds and hundreds of people, even more than that struggle with the same thing that I struggle with and had autism, but never knew they had autism. And it's, I'm sure it's others out there today, you know, struggle with mental issues or disorders or some type of mental disorder has no idea that they have autism or the symptoms of autism. Now, what the ones I'm talking about, the ones that's been battling since they was young, since they was children, they battle and struggle with strange things they used to do uh, with their hands or, you know, uh, the stemming or the, the, the thinking pattern the, uh, and stuff like that, that, you know. And a lot of people struggle with that, you know, uh, with autism. Now, what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to... Uh, put. I'm gonna just 
put everything out there about me. And I'm doing that because I'm also going to show the grace of God. The grace of God has been with me all through my struggles, even when I was a child, before I even got saved. Now, this might take a couple of days, a couple of series, I mean, for me to get out this almost like a book. I cannot. If you knew. And I don't need I don't want nobody feeling sorry for me and nothing like that. No, this is a victory for me because I finally know that I struggled with something. I finally could put a name or what some people call put a face on the issue or the struggle that I have been going through. Now, now I know it's, there is a name for it, and it's been around all this time. Now, I took several, I have learned several things, and I'm going to name these things now, and uh, that I, Texas, I passed that's showing that I, 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 I struggle or I have a, I'm in that spectrum of these disorders, Okay, then I'm going to get on the one I want to talk about today that really took control over me. Okay, this is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk, Body of Christ, Real Talk. So what I'm going to talk about today is like an expose. I'm going to just put my laundry out there. I wouldn't call it dirty laundry. I just I like to call it dry cleaning laundry. I put myself out there because I want people to understand. They might listen to my podcast and they might have heard a, lot, a few of my testimony, especially when I done uh, the teaching on mental illness and stuff like that. And if you want to know about that, go to those podcasts and check those out. But I done a series, of, a little short series on mental illness. I talked about you know panic attacks, anxiety attacks, suicidal thoughts, and everything like that. I talk about depression and different things like that. So please check that out because uh, that's, that can help somebody a lot. But what I'm going to talk about now basically is going to be focused on my struggle growing up. Now, you might say, Joe, okay, you think you have autism. Some people, no, I have really no doubt I do. I have the, I don't have the extreme uncontrollable body language or movement or the uh, the waving of the hands or anything like that. But I have other symptoms because of autism. Because many people, you know, react to autism as di- in different ways. See, all this I'm studying up now on now, so I, I don't really have no doubt that I struggle with autism. I just didn't know what autism was. I don't think my family did back then. And I early, you know, in the mid '60s, all the way up until now, where they know it now, they heard of it now. But back then, I didn't. I never heard the word autism when I was young. I never heard. Uh, it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 
Looking for something different this Thanksgiving? Take your family to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Just minutes from I-95 with free admission and parking. This is the perfect holiday outing for families of every size. You'll love the flight and tank simulators, 300-degree theater, and interactive training center. And you'll come face-to-face with rare and never-before-seen artifacts from Army history. It's all at the National Army Museum, with shopping and dining, too. Open on Thanksgiving Day and all weekend long. Plan your visit at usarmymuseum.org. You know, it it was out there, no doubt about that. But I never heard of autism. I heard of retardation. I heard of mental illness. I heard of special needs kids, basically, when I was in school. But when it came to autism, I never heard of that term, autism, when I was growing up back then. So my situation that I struggle with is sometimes you feel like you're alone because I never know. I never heard of nobody else struggling the way I did that way. I heard, I seen retarded people. I seen waterhead kids and stuff like that, but it's just seemed like, you know, I guess everybody that struggled, the people that struggle with mental illness or, uh, or deformation of their body or whatever like that, you know, they feel alone. Sometimes they feel alone, even though there's others out there, with the same struggles, you feel alone. And that's how I felt. I felt alone. I guess part of that, that's why I was, when I was younger, I was very insecure. And now I understand why I was so insecure and why I was so much of an introvert. I kept to myself <clears throat> because of these struggles. Now, wh- why did I become like that? What started that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really need to know the why or what happened, what, 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 you know, through pregnancy or whatever, or some type of trauma happened to me. I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I wanted to find out was what I was looking for was a name that I can put with my problem. I just used to, I used to talk to myself. I used to play with my fingers, but I never had a name for it because I didn't know what it was. I knew something was wrong with me, but I just didn't know what it was. You understand what I'm saying? I just did not know what it was, what, what, what it was. Now I do. Okay. And I'm finna talk about that and I'm finna expose that now, you know. And what I'm finna talk about now, like I said, it's still... I know I'm saying things repetitive. Uh, that's a habit that I do now. But a lot of things you're going to know when you listen to my podcast and the way I talk and the way I do things, whatever like that, some of that might have to do with my struggle with autism. And, and I'm finding all this out now, you know. But before I get into that, let me tell you about the other things that I uh, I struggle with. One of them is also called New Way. Uh, neurodivergence. Now, neurodivergence, and you have autism, you have ADHD, and you have neurodivergence. You have a lot of things, ADD, and, you know, so many names, man. I don't know where they come up with these names, but those are the acronyms. I don't know the full names of a lot of them, but those are the acronyms. You know, neurodivergence, 
ADHD and autism. I done a study on all of them and I took quizzes on all of them. Now, I haven't talked to a psychologist, but I took quizzes on all of them. And all three of them I struggled with growing up. I struggled with the learning. I struggled with my attention span. I learned things very slow. I couldn't catch a lot of things. I, I couldn't computerize a lot of things when I was uh, younger. I it was it I was it was hard for me to comprehend a lot of things when I was younger. And I know now that's why I struggle so much in school. I would have loved to participate in a lot of a, a lot of things in school. I would have loved to participate in sports. I never participated in any sports. I went to gym, but I was too afraid to uh, to challenge anything. I was too afraid to participate in sports, and I didn't because I was so closed in. I was somewhat very quiet. I talk a lot now, <laughs> but uh, I'll get to that later. But I was very quiet. I was very closed in because I, I mentally I struggled now let me tell you this is going to be my story a short story about the life and my struggles with all three of these neuro divergence they call it neurodiversity which is neurodivergence ADHD and autism now I can put a name to that I can call it out now because I have all those symptoms, you know. This is nothing I'm making up. This is something I really struggled with. And what did it affect? It affected me in school. It affected me in friendships. It affected me in relationships. It affected me in my family. Joe, what do you mean? Let's start in school. School, I was very distant. I had a quick temper. And, uh, you know, I kept to myself. Because of my my fear, I had a very deep fear of failure. So I didn't challenge myself in some of the curriculums in school, starting with elementary school. I didn't challenge. I, I I didn't challenge myself. I didn't. I didn't look for a lot of friends. And then when the friends that I did have, they were someone different too. I think I told you a story about that. They were someone different. The majority of my friends that I grew up with, you know, they were somewhat you can call misfits. We was like misfits. I didn't have the cool down friends and stuff until later in life when I started getting out there. But when I was little, the majority of my friends were somewhat misfits. Those are the ones. For some reason, I know now that I related very well to. So they were somewhat like misfits. I'm not going to call out no names. And even some of them, I can tell back then, had some type of mental issues. You know, they had some mental issues, including myself. So I hung out with a lot of misfits growing up. Okay. And I noticed the majority of the misfits I hung with had the same type of issues when it came to struggling in school with learning. Uh, my struggle in learning in school and man, this times I went to I cut school a lot. Uh, I cut school a lot. 
because I did not want to go to school. I did not like school because I was afraid of learning. Learning wasn't one of my things. I always knew how to read very well, but everything else, I never pushed my way. That's why I struggled in school. I struggled through sixth, seventh grade, and on up, I struggled. I remember very little in kindergarten when I went to a school called Whistler in Chicago, Whistler School. But I, I, I usually... I. I had a struggling mentally growing up, you know, in those classes. And I remember that very well, that I was closed in. It affected me. It affected my learning. It affected my attention. Now, I used to, I, uh, I'm going to get to that. But what I want to talk about is something that is my was my biggest battle in life growing up and even affects me somewhat now. And I searched for that. I knew, okay, I know I had autism, okay? I know I have uh, the spectrum of ADHD attention span because my attention span was very bad. I, 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 I had a hard time paying attention. I had a hard time comprehending things. I learned, I know I said this before, but I'm going to repeat for the ones that's just listening to me. I was slow learning how to tie my shoes. I was slow learning how to tell times. I was, I was slow, you know, learning how to do this. Even when I got to my older years, I was, it took, I only learned how to drive. I was, it was slow for me to learn how to drive, you know, until I got to Mobile, Alabama. I learned how to drive in Mobile, Alabama, you know. That's when I first learned how to drive. Why? Because I, I didn't have nobody around me. I just learned by myself. And then my sister-in-law, bless her heart, uh, she's with the Lord now, you know, uh, hopefully, taught me how to drive in a Volkswagen and it's with a stick. But I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but my point is a lot of things that I ha- a lot of people catch fast or it's kind of normal to them, like those things, was a challenge for me because the neuro, the neurodiverse, I want you guys to look this up, the neurodiversity, I got all this stuff in my phone. We just compute things very different. And I know that now, compute things very different, you know, and I get the majority of my learning and my excelling and my learning is when I'm by myself. I'm better now. I don't have to be by myself now, but growing up, the majority of my excelling and my learning is when I'm by myself, but I didn't let that be known to anybody, you know, because I could be in the classroom, man, and they'll, they'll start talking and the, the teacher could be teaching something. I just, man, I'd be daydreaming. I'd be gone, man. I, I'm just not getting it. I'm just not getting it. But this sounds like a lot of gibberish to some people. And uh, I have so much to talk about. It's going to be, it's not going to be all said in one little podcast, you know. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But this is going to be kind of a lengthy podcast. So I'm trying not to do a long introduction. But I'm going to let you know right now, I do have the spectrum of autism, ADHD, and neurodiversity, neurodivergence. Now, those three right there, I really ask you all to please look those things up and read them. 
because when you get the breakdown or you look at some videos and you might look at some people that struggle with these things or they talk about it, that was me on the nail. Some of the interviews and some of the breakdowns was me hitting me on the nail till it brought tears to my eyes. And I, why? Because I, I see now that it was, it's many people that struggled like me when it comes to those things. I call uh, the neurodivergence the granddaddy of them all because if you got autism, sometimes you got neurodivergence. If you got neurodivergence, you got ADHD. So they all go together, see, because they all kind of got the same symptoms. I had a challenge with all of them growing up. Not only that, I had a challenge with anxiety and panic attacks. See, and I didn't know that till a few years ago, you know, what panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I didn't have a name for that. But when I put two or two together now with my research, I knew that it was panic and anxiety attacks. You know, I used to have be scared for some reason. I see things on a wall. I might see something crawling on the wall or I see things that nobody else see and I start having a straight out panic attacks. Then I suffer with phobia attacks. I mean, I, I couldn't be around nothing closed in, you know, and a lot of that happened. I remember living in, a, not living in the projects. I was in the projects and I was on this elevator and I felt, man, like I was closed in to suffocate. Now, the things, the attacks that I have, it's amazing that those stand out. I can remember those, and I was very little. I mean, very little. These were before my teenage years. These were when I was a little child. I remember my phobias. I remember my attacks. I remember the smell of that elevator or that paint, because every time I smell that paint, it sets out my panic attack and anxiety attack in a crazy way. In those days, I remember growing up, but I never could put a name on it. My family had no idea. You know, I never could put a name on it. I just knew something set me off, and, and I just felt, man, I'm different. I grew up just saying, I'm just different, man. I only name I knew is about retired retarded, being retarded, even though I, I didn't know how to define that well, but that was the word it was throughout there then, you know, besides crazy. But <clears throat> I remember those things. I remember seeing things on the wall. I remember being with myself, you know, and, you know, doing certain things by myself. I remember that man, that man, uh, that growing up when I was a child, you know, very clearly. I don't babysit it. I don't focus on it, but I remember it. I remember all the way through my adulthood with those challenges. I remember those things. I can vividly tell you some of the things that I struggled with. Now, why I'm getting these three out of there, neurodivergence, autism, ADHD, that I past tests online I haven't been confirmed by a psychologist but it's nothing different there's only one road into Key West but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. 
Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then I wouldn't tell him. And he's or she will say, yes, you do struggle with that because I don't care what they ask me. They could ask certain things that I have that they don't even know nothing about. And I can tell them certain things that they haven't even asked me about my struggles or how my thought pattern was going uh, how it was growing up, and it probably would. It wasn't surprised a lot of psychologists, but I'm just letting them know it might be beyond these these symptoms of ADHD. See, I know I have all of them, or I had the majority of all of them when I was younger. So I'm starting on my younger age. So I want you all to listen very closely, no matter what city, state, or country you from, you're from or you live in. Please listen carefully because this can help you if you struggle with this stuff or you struggled with it. Because if you had autism when you was little, you still may struggle with autism as an adult, like myself. And I didn't think about that. If you had it when you was little, but you never knew it because there's a lot of people like myself don't know they struggle with these things, but they just know they're different. They think something is wrong with them. And when you don't know what's going on in your life, you kind of disconnect from the world. You shut in. You close yourself in. I know many friends and uh, people that knew me, knew me, know me, knew me as growing up as keeping to myself stand to myself, had a temper, didn't communicate too much. I can I can give an interview to a lot of people and I would want them to be honest. Don't worry about hurting my fellas because if I do some story on this, I want you to be open and I want you to be honest. See? Because a lot of them seen me struggle with that. Some of them even laughed at me. A lot of them laughed at me out of ignorance. They did not understand it. I didn't understand it, but it hurt me. It hurt me. I'm going to get into that. Now, what I want to talk about, the autism, the ADHD, the new world, the new world diverges. I have a hard time saying that name. The new neuro, like neurologist, neurodivergence was a struggle. But I had one more search that haven't been answered yet. It was one big thing that was the biggest challenge in my life. And God knows when I was younger, I never got an answer to it. I never found a name to it, what it was. I I found out now about the autism that I had, some ADHD, and uh, the uh, neurosurvergence, especially uh, divergence, diverse, diverse, neurodiversity or neurodivergence. Uh, I know 
that I struggle with that now. So I have a name for those symptoms. I struggle with many things. Oh, Lord, Lord Jesus. It touches my heart right now. Phobias and all type of stuff. When I was younger, I struggled with it. It affected my life growing up mentally, emotionally, and sexually. The way I looked at sex. All that affected me, okay? In that way. And I know it has. Because it's the same way it done others. And it's scary, but I feel somewhat victory now because I got a name for it and I can attack it more with prayer, with uh, no medication. I don't need medication, you know, with other exercises and stuff like that. But now let me digress. The biggest, listen carefully to Charles Stanley. Listen, listen, listen. Listen carefully. I. I still did not find a name to the main, the biggest one that I had a struggle with. And that was, I struggled with fantasizing. Nothing sexually like that, you know. You know, fantasizing. You know, about different things. Let me tell you something. When I was younger, I can daydream and I can build a story. Now, daydreaming is normal. Now, most of the majority of people daydream. Okay, so let's get that out there. Normal people daydream. But the daydreaming that I used to do then, and I didn't know too much about excessive daydreaming, and it probably has something to do with my autism or my AD. I don't know. But all I could just say is I used to daydream so long and make up a story or a movie with characters, with a plot in my mind. Now, check this out. Listen. Not only for five minutes, 10 minutes, or 15 minutes, I can daydream about a fantasy world in my mind hours at a time and it was so long that I forget what time it was or I lose sight of times. It's times I used to get so much in my head and make a you not I wouldn't say so much a utopia world, but a world I just created. A world I create. And the next thing you know, I'm just throw some times out there. If I started at 12 o'clock, it's times I might get out of it and it might be four or five o'clock. This is for real. And when I was in that time, I get so excited. I get so, and that started me with the hand gestures, the hand twisting, which I know now is called stemming. See, now I could put a name on a lot of symptoms and the gestures I was doing. When I put my face together, rubbed together, a lot of people laughed at because they didn't understand it, so I'm not mad at them. It's called stemming. You can look at all this stuff I'm talking about and look it up yourself. You know, every people stem the different ways. Or it might be legs or head gestures or blinking or women twisting their hair. My stemming 
was putting my hands together because I be overreacting and I be in so focused and deep into my daydreaming. I entered to something that I kind of enjoyed it because it became real. But the, check this out. Uh, you probably say, wow, Joe, this is something strange. But check, listen to me before you put a name on me. <laughs> listen to me. You know, I was conscious. I knew the difference between reality and fantasy. See, so it wasn't nothing overtaking me. It wasn't nothing demonic or spiritual overtaking me. Because I knew consciously, I knew reality from fantasy. I knew reality from fantasy when I done this. I, I can remember that vividly. You know, because if I hear somebody walking towards the room or something like that, because it was always when I was by myself, that's when I could just uh, act it out. I would stop if I didn't get caught first. Excuse me. Sign is kicking in. I will stop. So I had control over it. But check this out. When I do stop or I get interrupted, I'm drained. And if a person looked at me, they knew something was wrong because I was awkward. I felt awkward. It's almost like I was drained. It drained so much energy out of me. And I and it took a while for my mind to come back to reality. But at the same time, I knew who a person was or whatever like that. I wasn't disconnected. They got a symptom called disconnection. I wanted I wasn't disconnected from my body or my mind or my psyche. It was just man. I was just drained when I hear somebody coming. So I, I had control over that to stop. But once I got into it. You know, and the thing about it, when I got into these fantasies, these fantasies world, fantasy world, what set it off sometimes was probably mainly was a movie or the characters in the movie. Sometimes it was music, but uh, the majority of the time it was a, a movie that I just watched, or the characters in the movie, or characters in the movie, or sometimes I will create characters. Now this is when I'm little now, and I'm a mover from there. Or I create characters in a movie. See, so I be so much into it. Now let me give you an example. You know, let me give you an example. I have nothing to hide. I'm transparent because I want to help somebody, but I'm also going to bring it to a biblical perspective, the grace of God. Okay. So I'm not ashamed of this. Not at all. I'm just glad that I have a name for my struggles then. So I I used to be, I used to watch this show and a lot of people that I grew up with and can't folk know about this. It was a kid's show made in Japan. I didn't pay that too much attention then. And the name of the show was Prince Planet. I don't know if you ever heard of that called Prince Planet. And many, a lot of my kin folks knew I loved that show, Prince Planet. Now, Prince Planet was this little boy from another planet. And he was like a superhero. He came to America and he uh, came to 
they needed somebody to help America out, you know, the earth, not so much America, but just say the earth, you know, from the bad guys, from the bad Martians and the different things like that. They came to earth. I mean, just trying to destroy the bad, you know, trying to destroy the bad guys. Prince planted with his little boy. He had this all cool suit then. Uh, kids of the day will laugh at it now because it looks all corny and stale now. Uh, back then, it was a cool suit. He used to wear a pendant, and all his pe- all his power was in that pendant. Pendant as like a necklace or some type of charm on a chain that he kept over his neck. You know, funny looking character, man. He had real large eyes. You know, Japanese made a lot of their characters with those big eyes and stuff like that. You know, the old Japanese movies. If you in my age bracket generation, I mean, uh, you know, baby boomers going into Generation X, you know, the cartoons they had made in uh, Japan, you know, the big eyes or whatever, little small noses and stuff like that. Or Prince Planet, little you little boy and all that and stuff like that. He was my hero because he fought some characters called Warlock, Crack. Meyer and different characters like that, you know, Prince Planet. I watched another, an older growing up called the Space Giants and stuff like that. Another one of my favorites, the Space Giants. I grew up watching that stuff. A few karate movies, but Prince Planet was one of my favorites growing up and stuff like that, you know. But I was into animation so strong, I started buying comic books. I was into comic books big time. Not like my brother. My brother, he used to have a collection of them. I had many, but not like my brother Benny when he used to collect comic books and other friends of his. But I loved comic books. But check this out. I can look at a comic book, and I will make that comic book in my head come alive. Now, you got kids that do that now. I'm, I see. I don't, I don't listen to me closely. You got a lot of kids into books and toys now that does something like that in their mind. They make up their own little world. But the difference is when you like and have this type of. And I'm gonna tell you what the name is. I found out. I'm not. Thank God, I know what it is now. What I struggle with when it came to that, my biggest challenge right there. I have a name for that now, and uh. You be in your own world. A lot of you probably have the same thing, but I will create any type of character in a comic book. And I will be so much in that comic book, that comic book almost moving in my head. It's like I'm in, in it. And the thing about it, man, it's almost like a high. It was almost like a high with me. And once I get in it, it's hard to come back out. Or sometimes I didn't want to come back out because I was enjoying it so much. See, you know, it it oh, it made me more bolder. It made me more open. I became somewhat of a character that I wasn't in real life. You, uh, I'm not going to ask you, do you understand what I'm saying? But that's how I felt. I'm trying to, trying to describe the best way I can about my feelings going along with these uh, these fantasies in my head. So I was really deep in comic books and I would get so excited in comic books that it disturbed my stemming and my gestures. Oh, I get to sometimes. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West. 
close to perfect, far from normal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of times I get to talking to myself. Now, my struggle with my overloaded extended daydreaming got so bad growing up that when my family members or they might walk in on me or they might hear me making sounds and this is kind of the sounds also that a lot of kids or kids with autism that I know now make it might be I'd be fighting just like they do in the comic books but I feel like I'm in that world and sometimes the family members, now I'm not saying this to put my family members or uh, friends or neighbors down because they, they did not know. And I'm not mad at them, you know. They did not know. And I and they'll catch me in my world. And they laughed. And they laughed. But I'm going to tell you, when they caught me doing that, I was drained and I was hurt so bad because I got caught. I don't know if it was so much I got caught or or them laughing at me or a combination of both. Especially somebody that caught me didn't know I was struggling like that. See, I somewhat probably thought it was normal. You know, I never put two to two together to see that other kids do that. But I know when I get into that fantasy or that long dream, it was hard to come back out. It was hard to come out of it unless somebody walked in the room or unless somebody seen me do it. It's probably been, it's, it might have been a good thing if they did because they don't tell how far I would have went. You know, I probably would have been a disconnecting of myself. But, you know, I don't know that, you know, but I, 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 that's how deep. I was into this fantasy or comic books or whatever. See? So I had a lot of characters in my mind. I was very creative in my head. My creativeness was very different. But what came what came with the the long, deep daydreaming and fantasizing was stemming. The overexcitement. See, and I'm finding out now, thank God for this, that when I done that, when I start rubbing my face together, it kind of was a calming thing to calm me down. If I grab something, I have to touch something. So I had my hands to touch. I had my fingers to rub together. Like I said, different people with these struggles and autism and other struggles do it different ways rocking and stomping or scratching or whatever. Mine was putting my fingers together and I would be making sounds and different things like that. Now, that's why I say I was very conscious of me doing that 
But at the same time, I liked it because it, it kept me more calmer. And I can't even describe the feeling because it was exciting. But I guess when I put my hand just together, it kept me at a level that I didn't get overexcited, I guess. I don't know. But the more I study up on this, I understand, wow, that's what was going on. Okay. So when I struggle with that, I used to have people around me and and by me being so closed in and embarrassed of this condition that I was struggling with, I was an angry, kind of an angry kid with a quick temper. I had a quick temper because of my struggles, because I it, it, I kept a lot of things in. It made me lie because I didn't want nobody to know what I was struggling with. I had no idea what it was because I knew it was abnormal even at that time, back in the 60s, late 60s and 70s and 80s and stuff like that. I knew uh, that it was abnormal. I knew it was not normal. So when somebody catch me or they might ask me, Joe, what's wrong or something like that, you know, I get mad. Because sometimes, for instance, especially when I got older from watching a football game or basketball game with somebody, I get excited. So I start rubbing my hands and I can't be still and I get too excited. And once in a while, someone's seen that. They say, man, what's wrong? Or they ask, I don't never work for words. And I will get upset because you just caught me in my zone. I was so much into that game or into that movie. I entered that zone. I got, I know a lot of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And then some of you might. Then some of you might. See? Now, that struggle right there. I never knew what that was. What is what I know gotta be some type of name. I knew it I know I cannot be the only one struggling at that, but even though I thought I was I, I can't imagine nobody and I'm being honest now, struggling like that, like I struggled with when it came to that man. I mean from my young years all the way to my adult years, man, even today, it's not nearly as bad today. I have better control over it, but it peeps back in and I still get in that zone, but only at a shorter time. And I'm being honest with you. Like you said, wow, Joe. You might say, Yeah, you pray and yes, I pray, man. I talk to God about it and everything, you know. Yes, I do. But at the same time I'm gonna tell you about the pros and the cons of this struggle. And why do I use God sufficient, his grace is sufficient for thee? He doesn't take things from you. The majority of time, he doesn't deliver you. And it's for his glory. I know that by now because a lot of things I prayed about for him to take away, I still struggle with it. Not as strong, but I still struggle with it. Therefore, I know his grace is sufficient. I know his strength is made perfect through my weakness. Because this struggle, it, it, it affected me a lot in my life. I didn't, it affected me with relationships. I didn't have many girlfriends. It affected me in my sexual life. I looked at sexual in a very different and somewhat of, in a perverted way. 
it affected me in so many different ways. And I'm hoping I'm helping somebody. But it affected me in everything, you know. It affected me when I was around friends. That's why a lot of times I believe that's why I started drinking, why I started being high, getting high and stuff like that, you know. I felt bolder and I felt more and more courage when I was high or drinking. But let me not get ahead of myself right now. My childhood, but my childhood was so overwhelmed with these thoughts and fantasies. And I'm going to say something, and I got to say this. The majority of my childhood was in my own world. Maybe up to 60% was never, I never really knew me. I just knew my world that I created. I just knew my world that I created. I can look at back to my life right now. I went outside, I played a lot. I had friends and different things like that. But the majority of the time, I was to myself. I was by myself because I enjoyed those worlds I created that I couldn't create in real life because of my, you know, my closed-in ways. I would love to know why I was like that. Yes, I would. Just like I know others would. I would love to know what what made me like that. I can't, I'm not going to say I was born like that. No, I wasn't born like that. Something happened. Something happened. I wasn't born like that. Something happened. But I'm not here to try to uh, investigate why or what made me like that. I'm just letting you know what I struggled with. I'm not interested in the why now. I could never, I don't even have to find out the why. I can guess. I'm just here to discover what was it. Now I know the what, and I feel a relief. I feel more courage now. Why? Because I can. I, oh, I never. I, I can put a name to my struggles now. When I talk to people, when I minister to people, when I talk about my podcast, I, I can put a name to it now. When I talk to other people, or other people struggle with the same thing, I can help them and put a name to them and help them to do their research. I could start groups now. We could talk about autism. We could talk about a newer divergence. We could talk about ADHD. I'm not mastering it, but I'm learning. And we could talk about this other struggle. The biggest struggle in my life was never drugs. It was never sex. And that was a big struggle, too. And that's another story. That's another big struggle. It wasn't sex. It wasn't gang banging. It wasn't marijuana, smoking marijuana. My biggest battle in my life growing up and even into my adult stage was those fantasies, those, you know, those daydreaming disorder that I had, daydreaming disorder. Now, the name of this, I found out now, 
what it is. I've done my research. I listened to testimonies and stuff like that. I said, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's what happened. I have no doubt. They have a name for it now, and they still try to discover, is it a disorder or whatever? They don't even want to call it a mental disorder. I think it is, but they don't want to call it that. When you look it up yourself, it's called, let me look this up now because I'm going to uh, give you an essay definition of this. First of all, the name is called let me find this for you here. It's kind of dark. All right, let's get this. The name of my disorder that I used to call my fantasy world is called maladaptive daydreaming. Maladaptive daydreaming. Please, if even if you, your child might be struggling with this, you know, Besides autism, ADHD, or even neurodivergence. But please write this word down and research it because your child might be struggling with it or yourself. I'm serious. It's called maladaptive daydreaming. This maladaptive daydreaming, which I finally found the name for now, thank the Lord for that. This is the definition, and this is part of my struggle. Let me give you an essay of the maladaptive daydreaming. Maladaptive daydreaming is a psychological condition where an individual spends excessive amounts of time daydreaming to the point where it interferes with their daily life. People who suffer from maladaptive daydreaming often find themselves lost in their own world. Okay, that's me. Spending hours or in hours on end creating elaborate scenarios. That's me. Characters and stories in their mind. That's me. While daydreaming is a common human experience, maladaptive daydreaming can be debilitating, affecting an individual's ability to function in their own personal and professional life. Now, here are the symptoms. The symptoms of maladaptive daydreaming include spending excessive amounts of time daydreaming, difficulty focusing on ordinary tasks, difficulty sleeping, and difficulty distinguishing between daydreams and reality. People who suffer from maladaptive daydreaming often use their daydreams as a form of escape from reality, using it to cope with stress, anxiety, and other emotions. Maladaptive daydreaming has been linked to other psychological conditions such as depression, anxiety, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. Although there is no official diagnosis for maladaptive daydreaming, it is recognized as a disorder by some mental health professionals. Now, the causes of maladaptive daydreaming are not fully understood, but it is believed to be related to childhood trauma. I'm in the gray on that one because I have no idea. I really don't why I, I, why I was that way. Okay. Social ice. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Isolation and other psychological factors. Maladaptive daydreaming can also be a symptom of other underlying conditions such as attention deficit, hyperactivity, and disorder, and ADHD, which I also struggle with, like I told you earlier. Excuse me. Treatment for maladaptive daydream is still in the early stages and there is no universally accepted treatment plan. However, some therapies such as cognitive behavior therapy have been shown to effective shown to be effective in reducing the symptoms of maladaptive daydreaming. Medications such as antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs may also be prescribed to help manage the underlying psychological conditions that contribute to the maladaptive daydream. So, in conclusion, maladaptive daydreaming is a complex psychological condition that can have a significant impact on an individual's daily life. While it's not yet fully understood, early diagnosis, diagnosis and treatment can help individuals manage their symptoms and improve their quality of life. Mental health professionals should be aware of the symptoms of maladaptive daydreaming and work with their patients to develop a personalized treatment plan that addresses their specific needs. Okay? I have the symptoms of this right here. And the reason I say I have the symptoms because I have not been confirmed or diagnosed by a psychologist. And which I don't think I need. I will do that, but I don't need them to just prove that I have it because I have all these symptoms. Maladaptive daydreaming. Maladaptive daydreaming. That's it. Now, that's just uh, a breakdown definition that I got off AI. AI, I broke it out, put it in there, write the essay on maladaptive day, uh, uh, daydreaming, and that's what AI broke down for me, okay? I looked that up in Google, the same breakdown. I searched Google. I done a research on Google. I searched YouTube. And they all confirm what I already knew. A lot of the, if you listen to the people's testimonies, which helps, and you listen to a lot of the reviews when it comes to maladaptive daydreaming. Now, this is, this is opposite of the autism, ADHD, and neurodivergence. Maladaptive daydreaming is what I struggle with. And what I struggled with now, that's why I be that's why I'm telling you that's listening, I finally found a name to the thing that I was struggling with. Because all I know is why did I go to these fantasies, okay? Now, I want you all to look up this maladaptive daydreaming. Whether you're struggling with it or not, it's good to know because people might be struggling it and struggling with this disorder. It is a mind disorder. The causes can differ. You know, I don't know why 
I done what I done. I don't know what the reason was. I don't know where it comes from. I just know I struggled with it. And it's very powerful. It's very powerful. It uh, it did affect my life a lot. And I'm going to, I believe it affected my life so much. I would be further than what I am right now. Because I could have been an architect because I, I drew. I was a very good drawer. I could have finished school. That's how it affected my education. That's why I did not, that's part of the reason I did not finish school. Because when I was in some classes, now I can digress. Since it's a name now, the maladaptive daydreaming got so strong in my class, I did not do no work. I did not do no homework. The majority of my time was in my isolation of maladaptive daydreaming. This is real story, folks, true story when I was younger. It affected me so much that I couldn't concentrate on school. I couldn't concentrate on nothing. I couldn't concentrate on a girlfriend. I was too shy, too closed in because I think they might find out something wrong with me. And the hurt of people laughing at me, it hurt. I would sit up. I'm, I'm, I'm not had nothing now. I would lie and say it did not hurt when some family members laughed at me, even though I know they didn't know what it was. It hurt. It really hurt so bad because I felt different. I felt retarded. I, I, I did. I, I just felt mad. It hurt it. And when I listen to the uh, some people's reviews, not reviews so much, but their interviews and their testimonies and stuff like that, it's the same thing with them, man. I just, man, I can relate. I can talk to you guys. Because, you know, I got to the point when I struggle with things now, man, I don't mind group sessions, man. Let's talk about it, man, because I don't want to stay like this. I want to know what's going on. I know it's a name to it. They got a name for everything. How they get the names, I don't know. But that, I think that the maladaptive, majority of everybody in the world daydream. That's normal. Daydream a few minutes, whatever, like that. Daydreaming is normal. But when it be maladaptive part is more, you can look at the definition of yourself, it's more excessive. It affects your whole life. It takes you out of reality. Also, you have another name called, you know, you all heard of, uh, uh, it's a disorder that's called disconnect. They call it something like that. The difference between like bipolar, disconnect, and different things, like they say that, that disconnectedness, that's a person that uh, unconsciously don't know they're doing these things. Like the movie they were showing me, a movie called the the Walter, uh, Ben Stiller played in it. 
the world of Walter Milley or something like that. It's based on that somewhat of condition, not so much maladaptive uh, daydream, but here you if you know that that uh, the world of Walter Milley, but with starring Ben Stiller, is something like that. But the only difference is it was that was Hollywood. They had Ben Stiller followed going into a daydream unconsciously. He didn't know he was, so he'd make up these fantasies. And now the fantasies are real that he was doing. I, I do those things. I done those things. But the only difference between what he was struggling with, he was, was unconscious. He didn't know he was. See me, I did. Maladaptive uh, daydream of the study that I I read up on, they are conscious, and that is so true. We are conscious. I'm very conscious what I'm doing. I'm not out of it. I'm not tucking over, you know, like uh, disconnect, you know, disorders and stuff like that. I'm very conscious of what I'm doing. Proof is when somebody come, I stop. Or I think somebody coming, I'm stop. You know, now. I'm going to go a little further because this is very important. When I used to get in my my excessive daydreaming, that's all it is. Melodactive daydream is just more like obsessive daydreaming. Daydreaming becomes a disorder when you just start creating and you just leave reality. That's that's what melodactive is something mean. That's what that that's me. I had a daydream disorder. See, I didn't have a disorder that I could be daydreaming. All of a sudden, you got to snap your fingers to get me out. No. My daydreaming started, my doctor daydreaming when I was alone. I had to be isolated because it was planned. I could say, man, I want to go in that zone. It was like somebody taking drugs. That's how it is for me. I had to go in that zone. It's planned, man. I'm going into that zone. I don't do that now. You know, <clears throat> but back then I'm going into that zone, you know, or I see a movie or I hear certain music. Sometimes a song was set off by excessive daydreaming and I can create all the looks and the characters and everything like that. I'm going to give you a very strange example of my struggle when I used to see people whether it's male or female. This is going to sound weird because it is, but this is part of the struggle with daydreaming. I I know a lot of people didn't know I struggled with this. No, I never told nobody, especially on a podcast, but I'm doing this for a reason, to help others. I'm going to expose myself to help others because I know there's others out there struggling with this, okay? All right, I want you to know that. Nobody forced me to do it. I decided to do this to help somebody else. I have nothing to hide because I am delivered in the eyes of God, Father. I know. I'm not saying I don't struggle a little bit anymore, but I am delivered. I can cope with it now. Some things is never going to go away, but you learn to cope with it. You learn how to deal with it. You learn how to suppress it. And that's the stage that I'm in right now. It, it's never fully gone. Yes, I would love it to. But, you know, it ain't to the point now that I'm so, unless I'm stressed out like I was the last few years, I can get back into that thought pattern, but not as bad because I've learned to mature in it now. And it's even, 
I feel even better now because now I have a name for that. I got, I know about the autism now, ADHD and the neurodivergence. We think different. We hear things different. We learn different. That's neurodivergence. That's what I struggle with as well. I know about anxiety. Okay. But the one that was hurting me more and hindering me more and affecting my life more than anything and affecting my growth, affecting me from graduating more than anything, you know, was help it helped it, it it was caused me to get into drugs, it caused me to smoke marijuana, even though I knew better, was this mellow active daydreaming. Just call it MD. That's the acronym. Just MD. I'm just keeping because I, I get twisted up on my words. MD. This maladaptive daydreaming is MD, or they call it MDS symptoms. See, I took the quizzes, I took the tests, and I have it according to the quizzes and the tests. And I'm almost over the 50% of it, chance, so I know I have it. But if I talk to a psychologist, and I will, I can tell them some stories that will most definitely know, yeah, I, you know, because my daydreaming went to the extreme. My daydreaming, my MDS went to the dis- extreme, especially when I was younger and in my teens. It went to the extreme till it, and, until it affected my whole life. I would say 50%, close to 60% of my life, I was struggling with MDS. Real talk, MDS. All the way up to salvation, I still struggled with MDS. Even when I ministered in church, I was still struggling with MDS. Not as much, but I was. I struggled with MDS. Not only that, but I've I, I been in this world so long, hours at a time. I didn't have no short 15, 20. I made movies. I had part one, part twos, and part threes and everything. I made soap operas, man. A lot of times, I became that person, or that person became me. See? I used certain characters and a soap opera, or I use my lifestyle and my game banging, and then I would create it like a soap operas. But only difference, study them being black, they be Caucasians. And I make it as a soap opera, man, and it seemed so real. But I know it wasn't real, but it felt good because I'm the creator. I'm using me and the soap operas that I've really been through, but I might stretch it like Hollywood do. That's how I've done in my mind. I overdone it. I stretched it. I ad-libbed it. I, it was about my life, but I ad-libbed it. Just like Hollywood does when they tell a true story. They ad-libbed, they stretch it, they add parts. That was me. I made a creative, I drew a character one time about a snake. The most wickedest snake you uh, that I ever could think of in my head, my creative mind. The snake looked and wicked, wicked, but it was a good snake. And I, I broke down what's made this snake so good. And my, my, the reason I done it, I want you, I wanted people to know you just can't go by nobody's look because they look evil, and look weird, and look mean. You know, sometimes you can be the goodest people in the world with different traits, and that's why, that's why I was trying to explain to people when I showed them that. 
But that was my mind. That was my creative mind. See, I had traumas in my life. I don't remember all of them. I remember getting pushed in a lake or pool in Michigan by my cousin. And I don't know, by the grace of God, I walked out of that water. I used to always make a joke, man. Jesus was the only one walked the water. Even Peter, I walked out water because I don't know how I got it there with all that seaweed. But that was a big trauma in my life. Now, things happen in my life. I don't know what kicked this off. I don't know, but I just know I struggled with it. I don't know if anybody touched me. I don't know what happened in my life, man. I can't say that. You know, it's not about the why now. I would like to know, and I wouldn't be mad at nobody. No, I wouldn't. Because great is he that is in me is, is greater than he that's in the world. I'm okay, man. I'm good. See, I, especially since I got a name to these things now, it's only going to make me stronger when I minister to others. Because there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people struggle with over-excessive daydreaming. Maladaptive daydreaming, MDS, autism, neurodivergence, ADHD. I know that now, and I can minister to those people. I can understand them. I can understand why I talk when I talk about I'm jumping subject to subject sometimes. I can understand that now. That's part of it. I'm, I'm good with that. I ain't got to like it, but I'm good with that, Okay. But let me diverse. I was a character person. I can I can make a story about people in the neighbor. I can I can exaggerate characters. I can exaggerate people I hung with. I can exaggerate a lot of things. And nobody knew I was doing that. I exaggerated. I had a girlfriend. I made up a name from her. Her name was Deshaun. An a, a imagination girlfriend. And that's when I was committing, I wasn't married, but I was committing adultery then with somebody else's wife. And that was back in the early 80s. See, a lot of things my fiance, when I'm talking about that, my, my princess Nemo never heard me go into details, but she get, she's going to be the first one to get this podcast. Like I always give it to her first and let her listen to it because I have nothing to hide. We don't have this stuff from each other. I have nothing to hide. See, I'm not proud to say that I struggled with that. And sometimes I still do very little, but it helps me stronger. I don't have to be ashamed when somebody used to bring it up. Yeah, Jojo, remember you used to do this and used to do that? And that happened. You used to get around people. People love bringing up your past. But they always said they remember doing it. Remember you done this? You used to do this? It, see, they didn't know how much it affected me. I couldn't compute well. I used to lie about how I learned. How to, and this is another story. I don't mind telling this story. <clears throat> I had a friend, a neighbor. And it seemed like every most of everybody that I hung with knew how to drive but me. I didn't know how to drive. I was scared of driving, man. I just, I was scared to, like I said, I was scared to learn a lot of things. But I lied and said I was driving. Just like a lot of guys lied about they had sex with women, they didn't. I done that too. <laughs> but, you know, I lied about a lot of things because it's called masking. I masked myself as somebody else that I wasn't. 
So that's called masking. So I've done a lot of masking when I was younger. You know, I've done a lot of masking. You know, and uh, I remember I told this guy I knew on the drive, but what got me one day, he asked me, could you pull the car up? And this hurt me. That hurts me today. And I hope you hear this podcast and he know what I'm talking about because sometimes they bring it up, but it wouldn't bother me now because I'm, I'm delivered, man. I'm in a way that, hey, man, you know, I was wrong. I lied because of my issues. I don't want to tell him I never drove a car. I cannot drive. I ain't know the brakes from the accelerator, but I took this man's life in my hand, you know, because of my fear could have killed this young man. And nobody never heard me tell about the story, but certain ones know about this, including this young man. I go name his name. And when I was pulling that car up in the garage and started putting my foot on a brace because I didn't know the difference, I put my feet on the accelerator. And I ran into him and ran in and tore up their garage and rammed up and I messed up. I think I messed up his pelvis or something like that. I'm not sure. But I could have killed him because of my fear of telling the truth, of letting them know I can't drive. That was, that was, that was, you couldn't tell him you couldn't drive. Everybody knew how to drive in almost, which I thought. But I got put to the test and he trusted me and I could have killed him. My dad knew assurance wound up paying. I think paying for the, I think they did paying for the garage. My dad's insurance. But the reason I'm saying this, all that fear could have been avoided if I was just had the heart enough to say, "Man, I cannot drive, man." But that wasn't a cool thing to say. Then it it was just as much uncool to say that you was a virgin in those days, you know. So I masked myself a lot growing up. I masked myself a lot because of my struggles of learning or a fear of learning. I could have done anything more than anybody out there, but it was my fear that got in my way because I wasn't stupid. I wasn't dumb. I just comprehended things slower. I was afraid to take a chance. So when I medicated myself with marijuana, when I medicated myself with drinking, you know, people seen the mask Joe. They didn't see Joe, the real Joe, what I was struggling with. They just seen the masked Joe. You understand? That's all they seen. So I carried that uh, MDS with me, Melodactive Daydreaming, through the majority of my life. Majority of my life. And it really hindered me in my life. I can't take it back. But I gained so much, man. I lost a lot in life. But I have gained so much, man. It made me more wiser. And why? How did that happen? When I got saved. When Jesus became the Lord of my life. I was more open to telling these testimonies. Still kind of embarrassed to let let certain things out, but the more the Spirit of God came within me back then, 
I became more open and confessing things. I started, I wrote a confessional tape before. I'm not going to get into the detail of my struggles to my family. I wrote a confessional tape. I had to apologize to my ex-wife on certain things I struggled with. See, all this affected my whole life. It affected my whole life, ladies and gentlemen. Maladaptive daydreaming is no joke. It's real. Many psychologists and psychiatrists don't think it's a mental disorder. They don't put it in a, uh, the category of autism, uh, neurodiversity, or whatever like that. But man, when you, if you never suffer for that, suffered with it, it's hard for you to comprehend it. If you've seen that movie, The, the Life of uh, well, I forgot the name of it. Uh, the Ben Stiller movie. That was me. The only difference is he was unconscious. I wasn't. But I can create those same things. It's times I talk to myself. Somebody hear me talk to myself. You all right? Blah, 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 blah. And all that stuff. I make sounds because I be fighting as I'm in there. I be fighting. You might walk in on me and I'm doing all kind of fighting and stuff because I'm so I'm in that world now, man. This is real talk, y'all. This is no joke. This stuff it was real. But it wasn't so real I didn't think I didn't know reality from fiction. I knew it was fiction, but it was a good fiction. It was my temporary fictional realness. This is the most open I have ever been on my podcast, let alone to people I don't know, because I want to help others, and I need to air it out. I need to get it out. So people won't think that I don't struggle when I do my podcast and I try to uplift people and I talk about the Bible. You don't know where I came from, man, what I struggled with. When you have over 50-something or 60% of your life in a dream world, in a dream world, a fantasy, When I got saved, I, that's when I really started being open without alcohol, without marijuana, that I could talk to people, that I can laugh and joke, and I can... Uh, I can start a conversation. It took years, man, because that was not me. But when I got saved, I was more open then. So my struggles with autism, ADHD, neurodivergence, and now the most powerful of them all, I have a name for it. Maladaptive Daydreaming, MDS, was the biggest thing I struggled with besides my sexual struggles. Maladaptive Daydreaming. That was me in a nutshell, folks, even through salvation. 
even when I ministered and I preached in the pulpits. And I did. When I went out and witnessed in the streets, I can relate to a lot of strange people because I've, I felt I've been in a strange world. That's why when I'm talking about something, I'm into it. I still today still get easily distracted. Especially when I'm reading a word of reading a word of God, I still get easily distracted. You can hear it on my podcast. I want you to hear it. When you hear me grunting and talking about certain sounds I hear, that's part of what's bugging me. Because uh, uh, one of the uh, traits of the autism is noise. It's lighting. I complain about a lot of those things without even, even thinking about it. If I'm talking on the podcast, you'll hear me sometimes. Oh, don't y'all hear those trucks and stuff going back? And some of you guys probably don't even hear it until I mention it because I'm very sensitive. I'm paying attention to everything. I need quietness when I'm reading the word of God. When I'm doing something, I still need that quietness. I don't like I'm like that, but that's 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 the way I flow. I'm more controlled with it now, but that's the way I flow. So when I do my podcasts, you notice it's not when you hear my podcasts, it's unedited podcast. If it was edited, I would sound perfect. You wouldn't hear my mistakes or nothing. But by my podcast not being edited, you can hear my mistakes. You can hear my flaws. But I'm okay with that. Since I since you know my flaws, when I edit it, I probably sound fake. Because <laughs> you see you hear my flaws so much. But you know I'm real. Because I let you know I'm real. I don't know how I would sound with an edited podcast. I probably sound pretty decent to the podcast world because they they bogged down. I was listening to this guy that struck. He's got a show, uh, autism show, and uh, he played and he done uh, almost all his audio videos on YouTube is edited. So when you look at his edited shows or all the others edited shows and you look at them when they talk about their struggles or they're trying to break down, like these are not psychologists, psychiatrists. Sometimes you could break down things yourself more than the psychologist. Why? Because you go through it. It's something the psychiatrist cannot tell me because. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm the one going through it, so I might not know the name, but I can explain what I'm going through better than the psychiatrist. It's some psychologist will tell you that. Okay. All right. So when he does his videos, it's mostly edited. So his hair look all neat and whatever like that. Now, this is him explaining. I think his name is Orion. I think he's from Australia or UK, but it sounds like he's a Aussie, Australia. And, uh, and he's talking and he's he looks neat. He's breaking down the different aspects of autism and the different traits, you know, the 6, 10, 12, 26 traits of autism and stuff like that. But he made one that he unmasked it. Mask it. When you do YouTube's or a lot of podcasts, the masking is you doing things in a way that you was told that to make a good podcast or make a YouTube. So you're not really, you're giving up yourself. You're not really being yourself. You come with your introduction and different things. You're editing this out and everything. So when you do YouTube's and podcasts that way, uh, people don't know how long it takes sometimes just to get through that. So when you see a YouTube, you think they just went through it and made it look perfect like that. No. When a person with autism, they have to take many takes, many takes, many takes, many takes. If they want to edit it right and look the right part. Society say you must look the right part. You must talk the right part. You must use the right grammar. You must pronunciate things right. That's society. Now, a lot of times there's nothing wrong with that, but that's society. Okay. Would a person with autism cannot do that? A person like me will get very impatient with editing everything, but it because it takes a lot away from me. See? So, for instance... Ozzy, Orion, I forget, when he done uh, Unmastered, and I was wondering what he mean by that, then he broke it down and said, okay, that's what that mean. He done an Unmasking podcast. So he cut all the editing out. I'm used to that because I do that with my podcast. There's no editing in my podcast. That's why you hear the sounds and the grumping and my, I might belch and stuff like that. Editing, they cut all that off. You know, but, you know, you hear a lot of things on my podcast because I don't edit it. You know, I'm, I don't have patience for editing. You know, maybe that's part of my struggles, but I don't have a lot of patience for that. You know, but anyway, he he, he done an unedited podcast and he was he done that. He took a chance to do that so people can see how he is when his autism takes effect. I had people do, not had people, but they, I had people done it with panic attacks. They didn't edit it. They let the panic attack go through. And it's a strange thing to look at that if you're not used to seeing a person having a panic attack or a real bad anxiety attack. My, my fiance, my boo, struggles with panic attacks. And it seemed like two different persons when she had anxiety or panic attacks compared to when she's not having one. It's like two different people, you know. But anyway, he done an unedited uh, talk, and I mean, it was like he's rambling. It was like he's rambling. He was switching to so many different conversations, so many different things. But if you look at his videos that he's edited, you wouldn't know 
that that was the same person. You would only know by face because when he's done it unedited, his hair was all white because I guess his stemming that I see one of his stemming, his gestures is he got to have him rubbing his hair a lot. He hit his head. head his, his, that's part of that rush, that excitement, trying to get things out. Okay, when I do my podcast, if I'm struggling to get something out and everything, I don't know if that's part of the autism or a lack of education or grammar. It could be all of it. But if I'm struggling to get something out, my head is racing. I got so much to say that I flip over my words and I can't get the right words to say it. So I might make up my own word and laugh about it and laugh about it. And some of it is embarrassing. But I get over it quick. I just say, I'm going to let it be, let it be. <clears throat> so it doesn't bother me a lot most of the time. It depends on my mood. You know, so if you listen to a person that's teaching or trying to tell you about autism editing, they look so normal. But let them do it unediting. You don't know. You, you have no idea how many takes they had to do. I see. I'm also spontaneous. That's another uh, side of autism. What do you mean by that, Joe? My podcast, usually I think about it. It comes to my mind and I do it. I don't write it and I don't pre-plan it. And I think I told you about that. So I'm a spontaneous person when it comes to my podcast, just like now. I didn't plan this. I just said, okay, I studied it. I'm going to talk about it now. And when you like that sometimes, unedited, it's going to be times you're going to make some mistakes. Yes, I'm going to make some mistakes because I'm spontaneous. And then I start talking about it from my heart. So therefore, I don't have nothing wrote down. I don't know what right words to say. So the things that I am saying is coming from my heart and I'm trying to get it right. That's why I might pause sometimes. Like a lot of autism people, they pause, they think there's so much going on in your head. You know, I don't have too much of that problem, but I do think a lot and I can't say the right words or I I don't know the right words to use. So if I wrote a story about my life, I would have to get somebody to just break it down exactly in the right grammar and everything like that. I would rather have that edited, but taking nothing out so it can be more understandable. Because if you just hear me, like I do my podcast without editing, some of my sound like rambling. Because I'm jumping here, jumping here. Sometimes I might not finish. You probably are caught me. I, I don't finish what I start. Or I might say, I digress. I have to digress a lot. Because I'm just moving. I have so much information that I can't explain it. I can't compute it out all at one time. So I do struggle with that. But I get by. Okay. All right. This been gone off what over an hour now? Was it over an hour I've been talking now? Okay. Did I do a long introduction? Uh because Orion was talking about that and a lot of people talk about this part. A lot of people that does long introductions. And sometimes I do before I get to the point. And I know that might aggravate you just like it aggravates me when a person finna tell me something. They never get to the point. They got to write a book before they get to the book. <laughs> uh, that could be aggravated. If I do that, I'd apologize because I do have so much going on in my head. But once upon a time, man, I wouldn't be doing no podcast. You wouldn't get none of this out of me because I was shut in. 
in my early struggles with autism, I was shut in, man. And my family can tell you that. I was shut in and I would get angry quick. So I wanted to tell you, I finally have names to all of my struggles. And it's quite a bit of struggles that I struggled past tense and some things I still struggle with present tense. You understand what I'm saying? But by God's grace being so sufficient, you are broken down wrench like me or wretch like me. His grace is made sufficient. His strength is made perfect through Joseph Brownlee's weakness. Once upon a time, I couldn't call myself Skitch. That Skitch was gave to me, I believe, because the times I struggled. That's what I believe. We all had a lot of nicknames in our family. I'm not going to get into that. But some names like a Skitch brings back my struggles. It does. It don't now. Because I use a lot of skits for a lot of my keywords, and my keywords, but nicknames and stuff like that because I'm, I'm comfortable now. I'm open now. But back then, if someone called me Skitch, it would hurt my feelings and I would get angry because Skitch reminds me of my struggle mentally. Sometimes a past name is not a good name to bring up, especially in the family, because it reminds a person of why they was called that. And most of the times it wasn't good. It ain't like somebody called you beautiful and precious and stuff like that. But if it's an odd, crazy name, they called you that for a reason. And a lot of people don't like their nickname. That's why if I see past friends, I call them by their name. Because that was back in the past, man. If somebody had a name like Stinky, and their name was Tony, and you haven't seen them in 50 years, you don't you don't call that person Stinky. Why do they call them Stinky? You probably had an older. You don't see that person 50 years later, they still call them Stinky. No, you call them Tony, or you call him Donnie, or you call him Michael. You don't go back there because some names bring back a trauma to certain people. And that's how Skitch used to be years ago. The past Skitch used to hurt me because that brought back my struggles. That brought back, that made me think of people laugh at me. Now, Skitch is one of my coolest names, man. I got a lot of Skitch names, and I'm cool with that. Because I'm delivered from that now. I'm over that. I'm over that. I can tell people why they called me. I don't really know the deepness of the why. My brother was good at that making up names. I really don't know the deepness, but I know at that particular time, I was struggling with my situations. The MDS, the ADHD, the autism and stuff like that. I was struggling with that stuff. Even though I didn't have a name for it then. I knew what it is now. Because I researched it. I researched it. I mean, I was determined to find out. I researched it. Because I knew it had to have a name to it. The MDS, they still trying to figure that out. But it's nothing new to me. And I read people been struggling for 20, 30 since they was childhood. The same was me with these excessive dreams.
I said, well, I'm not the only one. So I don't mind talking to those people. I'm sure they have some stories, and then some of them don't like talking about it. I don't mind talking about it because I'm, 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 might not be fully 100% delivered, but I can say I'm probably about 70% delivered from the, uh, the MDS. I say about 70%. It depends on my stress levels and what I'm going through. And how, because the majority of the time I have to be alone and bored. And spontaneous, it just might happen. I can look at a character, I can look at basketball, I can pull characters out, and then I'm going into that zone. And next thing you know, I'm not even watching a movie no more, man. It's an hour, so I went by, and I made a fantasy about a character on a basketball team. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it was. That's how weird and strange this stuff is, okay? But by God's grace, it's sufficient for thee. I wanted to get that out there so you know a lot of, about my past, not only from my previous podcast. I, not, I wanted to get my dry cleaning laundry out there. It's not dirty laundry. It's dry clean laundry. That's what I call it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to make enough stuff. Okay. That's Joseph Brownlee. I want this video, audio to be shared. I'm going to share it. I want people to know my struggles, and my story. Because a lot of other people, saved and unsaved, have the same, not exact same type of story in their hurt. Some people that heard other interviews cried because they thought they was the only one struggling with that uh, maladaptive daydreaming. Like myself, I thought I was because it's so devastating. It's so devastating. It's so, it takes so much out of you. It takes so much out of your life, man. And you have a lot of men and women that struggles with this maladaptive daydream, especially a lot of women. You have children struggle with it. It starts off innocent, you know, because children already got their imaginative thinking and then they get caught up in their thinking then they, a lot of times from what according to psychologists because of some type of trauma that happened in a child's life. The majority of time they say it's because of some type of trauma that kicks this off. Not autism stuff like that, but when it when it comes to that maladaptive daydreaming, usually it's some type of trauma. Because we're not born that way. Something happened when it comes to this. Something happened in our lives and I don't know the why. I don't. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm, I'm satisfied right now for the what. I know what it is now. If I never find out the why, that's okay. I'm through with that. I'm not, I don't, I'll leave the past. Let the past be the past. But I just want to know what it was. I don't care too much about the why anymore. Maladaptive daydreaming. I might be saying it wrong now. Let me let me look again, so you guys and young ladies can 
look at this word. Okay. Brighten it up. All right. Work the two phones here. At least I can do that. Two type tasks. Maladaptive. Yeah, I was correct. Maladaptive daydreaming. So if you want to know, I struggled with it was my biggest battle uh, mentally in my life. And I'm sure Satan used it for the negative. I'm, I don't take I'm sure Satan used it. You know, maladaptive daydreaming. A lot of these things are spiritual as well. You know, I'm not saying people are everybody's possessed, but a lot of things are spiritual as well. You know, there's a lot of disorders. But remember in the days of Jesus, there was a lot of people that was messed up, man. You had lunatics, you had, you know, had people deformed, had people with mental battles. And then you had people that was uh Bible specifically was saying was was uh possessed by evil spirits. And they had them for years. So it's different reasons. Everything is not because of uh, a medical disorder. Some things are demonic. Some things are demonic. Some things are spiritual oppression. Is this? I don't know. But by so many people struggling with it, I don't think so. But it's still a reason why it happens. And Satan is the one that puts the gas on the fire. Like I always use that term. He puts the gas on the fire. To make it spread. See, takes that little light that started off and he spreads it. Even in early life, I really believe that. Did it happen to man? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying he do, he does that. And I'm not saying this was a demonic spiritual attack on me. You know, because I'm not putting my, I'm, I'm doing this for the people that struggles with it and they don't know it. Now, if you never had a diagnosis from a psychiatrist, but you look at these things yourselves and you can take your own tests. And I, I, I say this, please, you have to be honest with yourself no matter how much it hurts you have to be honest with yourself you cannot first of all you cannot want to have it because you think you have it you take these quizzes and you look at videos you go to groups and you know what you struggle with you don't have to say well maybe it's not there maybe it's my mind of course it's your mind something wrong (laughs) But you have to be honest with you. If you send a psychologist or you're taking a quiz, simple quiz, you have to be honest with yourself. Don't make it no higher and don't make it no lower on these quizzes. You be honest. If you're not to the extreme, just say, no, I don't do all that. Or you say, man, I'm more higher than that. Like some times I, I say, man, I'm so high on here. You don't have enough numbers. Or I just say, no, nah, that's not me. I never thought that way, you know. No, I never thought about suicide. Oh, yes, I did talk about suicide. It's on you. You have to be honest with yourself. That's the only way the psychologist, God already knows. If you're a Christian, you already know. But I'm talking about if you're talking to a psychologist. Because the difference between a secular psychologist and a Christian psychologist, you know, is the Christian psychologist usually will give you some biblical perspective. Now, is it rightly divided? I don't know. But usually they come with a biblical perspective and everything. They might use scriptures, you know. 
compared to a psychologist. He might he might be in Buddhism, one might be a Muslim, one might be holistic or something like that. It depends. I'm not saying it would not help you, but I'm just saying, you know, when they was actually giving me questions, what type of psychologist, the first thing that came to my mind was always a, a Christian psychologist. We don't have to agree about everything in the Bible, but let it be a Christian psychologist because they understand the spiritual part. They understand the demonic part besides all the other things that a, a regular secular psychologist don't know nothing about unless they're into Hoodooism and all that stuff and meditations and yoga. I'm not looking for that. My yoga or my prayer is talking to God. See, meditation for me is talking to God, verbally or thinking about it. So it depends when you come to that. You have to know what type of therapy you mean. If you're a Christian, I advise look for a Christian psychologist. I'm not saying they're perfect, but that would be the first thing I would go by for Christian psychologists. Someone to understand spirituality and spiritual things and spiritual oppression besides the other things. They're not going to be thrown always often thinking that medication and antidepressants is the answer, which I don't touch. I don't want to hear none of that because they're not. They just band-aids that sometimes make people worse and dependent on those things. So that's going to be up to you. That's my story. MDS. <laughs> ah, MDS. Neurodivergence. ADHD. Autism. I struggle with all of them. Those struggles, the MDS, probably was the cause of my anxiety, my phobias when I was younger, seeing things on the wall, the in and out of things. There's times that I didn't know if what was real or what was not real. When I lived in gear, I remember I woke up one time and I didn't know where I was. And I, I didn't know reality. It felt like no reality. I had no idea what my room, I didn't know nothing. I just had to keep rocking, keep rocking until reality came back. I was out of it, man. It was scary. It was scary not knowing what nothing was. You know who you was, but you didn't under, You didn't know what nothing was around you was. It looked at, it just seemed like you was, I don't know. That's what they call a disconnect. That's scary when you just don't know where you at. But God can walk you through anything. He might not deliver you through anything, but he have doctors, he have ways that you can get through these situations. Okay? Many people put on Facebook and stuff about God will heal you for this, God will deliver you for autism and everything like that, you know. Many Christians struggle with autism, ADHD, cerebral palsy. God never healed them because he's not doing that today. We live by faith, not by sight. 
Now, I'm trying to keep this at a biblical perspective because a lot of people want to be healed from their struggles, including myself. But the full, our full healing will only come while we under the grace period. When we and you say is when we get our new immortal bodies. But for now, we're going to struggle and we're going to walk back. Holy, have to walk back faith with God. These bodies are going to struggle. And I know that's probably not something a lot of people want to hear that they're going to be struggling with their mental issues. Now, I'm talking about the ones that some things, a lot of things caused by drugs and alcohol as well, of course. Bipolar and all that other stuff, yes. You know, hypertension and stuff, a lot of it is caused by drugs and alcohol and everything like that. But at the same time, I'm talking to the ones that didn't do drugs. My, my, my fiance wasn't on drugs and like she might have done a little bit, but that <laughs> just a touch experiment ways. But far as that, no, she struggled with that because of stress and depression and hurt of her being uh, growing up without having that full mom and dad there. That's part of her stress and trauma. We talked about that. So she suffers from panic attacks. She suffers from hypertension. You know, her body is so vulnerable to being sick. And me, MDS, autism, neurodivergence, all this stuff. So, man, we're, boy, we're, we're, we're a group. I remember my, my Nemo. We both struggle. But by the grace of God. And some of these, a lot of this stuff I'm talking about, she don't know the deepness of it. She heard about it, but she don't know the deepness of it. And I'm going to send her, and I'm going to make sure that she listened to what I struggled with then. And sometimes it tries to come back when I get bored and depressed. I have to keep my mind, and I have to keep busy. Because when I get bored, I can get right back into bad thinking. When I get into bad thinking, I get stressed out, I get jittery, I get nervous. And that's part of the anxiety. But by God's grace, I will get through it. And I accept that. I'm glad I am saved. And I will wait till I get my new body to be delivered from all this mental struggles and disorder that I struggle with. Okay? But I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I'm not nothing like that because there's others that struggle is even worse. They can't control their bodies. They can't even talk well, their struggles. Okay? But I wanted to get that out there because I'm talking to the ones who don't know that they have autism or neurodivergence or ADHD or even the MDS, the excessive daydreaming. That was my strongest enemy in my life since childhood that affected 58, 50 to 60% of my life. And that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm 58. That's a lot. When you struggle for that for so long and still put up with it off and on now, that's a lot of draining. And when you struggle that much, you can't help but have a mask on. But I have learned to take the mask out and try to be myself, trying to find out who is me. And that's hard, man. Who am I really? Who is me? Because I've been masking and been in the fantasy world so long, I have a hard time to find out, finding out who I really am. 
and some of you guys can relate. So I had to live through it. I had to redo my reactions because started trying to react like I think somebody think I should react. That I, I need to find out who, what's the real me and how should I really react. When you struggle like that, it's just you just don't know. It takes work, man. It takes work, young lady. I know by experience. I still struggle with it. But by the grace of God, his grace is sufficient for me. God bless you all. I hope you got something out of this. You leave comments. You want to make a call, let me know. If you struggle with this or you know your child struggle with this or husband or wife, don't be afraid. Address it. Take these quizzes, especially if it's been, you've been struggling for years and it has nothing to do with alcohol or anything like that. You've been struggling before you start to drink it or before you start to smoking or whatever like that. You struggle with that, no matter what it is. Address it. Be the offensive person. Attack it. The more you attack it, it bags off. The more you attack it, it bags off. God bless you all. I know this is long-winded, and I still have more to say, but I can't put everything on one podcast like this. Okay? It wasn't as simple in my life over 58 years. What makes you think I could put everything in one little hour and a half or close to 12 podcasts? Okay? This is a storybook thing that I might do. I might write a story about this. My life and my struggles. I'm thinking about it, but we'll see. But it'll be for God's glory of how he works through me, even in my mess and my struggles. God bless you all. Peace out. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Now, with a joyful laugh, the glory said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Let's hear that laughter, baby. Bye-bye. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.